0: Hi there, it's Allison McGee, your host. I'm coming to you today from a cold fall day in Minneapolis, where I am sitting by the fire in a sweatshirt and wool socks. As I record this, I'm thinking about a friend who just told me via text that she was pretty sure the last time she had touched someone was in May. In the beginning of the pandemic, we did an episode, one of our first ones, about a reader or listener from the Czech Republic who had at that point gone two months without touch. And now here we are, eight months in. Once again, I am thinking about touch. So many memories, so many different kinds of touch. I'm thinking about a hotel room a long, long way away from where I live. This is many years ago. It was 102 degrees, and a baby had just been handed to me. This baby had diaper rash, and I took off her little striped outfit and her diaper and I pulled up her T-shirt and laid her down on me in the hotel room, stomach to stomach. I remember that she stuck two fingers in her mouth and she crinkled her dark eyes at me. I traced her sweaty little spine with one finger. Both of us were limp from the summer heat. I had never seen this baby before, but now she was my daughter. Now she and I would be together for the rest of our lives. Hey, baby girl. I said, she examined me with those dark eyes from her perch on my stomach, her fingers still in her mouth, my skin and her skin, getting to know each other. I'm thinking also about an old, literally old friend who came to visit us years ago. This was the first time this old friend had left New York City in 37 years. It was the first time he'd been on a plane in 40, since he was in the army. It was the first time he'd ever seen my house, sat at our kitchen table, although we had been pen pals for many years. He was telling me at one point, as I stood at the stove cooking, how his mother used to rub the skin off boiled beans. He showed me with his fingers, rubbing them against his thumb. Like that, he said. I looked at him. My shy and quiet friend, who had lived his entire life in the same house he grew up in, the one he lived in with his parents until they died. And I suddenly wondered if he had ever, even once, held someone's hand. Held a girl's hand. A girl he liked. I reached across from the stove and took his hand in mine. He bent his head and nodded. I'm thinking also about a class, a creative writing class I had once taught a long time ago, a memoir class, and how a student once wrote a poem about their own skin. I was born in a body entirely covered and held together with skin, they wrote, and when I grew, my skin grew with me. I read those words, and it was the first time in my life that skin had struck me as alive. Of course it's alive, I told myself. It's an organ. It's the largest organ in the body. But why had I never thought of it as alive until just then? I'm looking at my hands right now, as I sit here with my headphones and my mic and my laptop recording this. I'm looking at the thick silver ring, one of a pair that my daughter and I bought, mother-daughter rings. I'm looking at the veins just below the surface of my hands, veins so big that that same daughter used to call them noodles when she was little and pressed them with her fingers. I'm looking at the scabs and scars and freckles and lines, none of which were there when I was born. I'm thinking of everything, the blood and muscles and bone and hidden organs that my skin is protecting inside me right now. Equal parts strength and fragility. And now I'm thinking about earlier today when a photo floated up on my screensaver. This photo is from years ago. It was a text from my son with a photo of his new tattoo. It took me a while to comprehend this tattoo. I had to enlarge it and sort of scroll up and down on my screen. It was so large, line after line of medieval-looking script covering most of his back. Wow! I texted back. It's from the last lines of Book One of Paradise Lost, he wrote. The most beautiful book I have ever read. The devil emerges from hell, he texted, and must pause to behold pure beauty for the first time. An image rose up in my mind at that text of the devil, forced to stop and acknowledge the beauty of this world. I studied the photo of my boy's back, and I remembered it as it was the first time I saw him when he was born. I carried him inside me while that skin was forming itself over his tiny, perfect body. I remember crying in fury and sorrow the first time a mosquito bit him that first wound. That is an amazing tattoo, I texted back. You amaze me. Nothing for a few minutes, and then a small red heart appeared on my screen. Thinking about skin reminds me of one of my favorite poems by one of my favorite poets, Naomi Shihab Nye. Two Countries. Skin remembers how long the years grow when skin is not touched, a gray tunnel of singleness, feather lost from the tail of a bird, swirling onto a step, swept away by someone who never saw it was a feather. Skin ate, walked, "'Slept by itself, knew how to raise a see-a-later hand. "'But Skin felt it was never seen, "'never known as a land on the map, "'nose like a city, hip like a city, "'gleaming dome of the mosque "'and the hundred corridors of cinnamon and rope. "'Skin had hope. That's what Skin does. "'Heels over the scarred place, makes a road. "'Love means you breathe in two countries.' And skin remembers, silk, spiny grass, deep in the pocket that is skin's secret own. Even now, when skin is not alone, it remembers being alone, and thanks something larger, that there are travelers, that people go places larger than themselves. Well, that is it for today's episode, and thank you for listening. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending this link to someone else who might, and give us a good rating if you are so inclined and can figure out how to do so. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi, who can be found on Instagram at dot Parisi, P E R E S E. Additional music underlying the words was composed and performed by Kelly Krebs. Today's poem, Two Countries, was read with kind permission of the wonderful poet Naomi Nye. You can find more of her work pretty much everywhere, as she is one of our country's most beloved poets. Words by Winter is created and hosted and written and produced and everything else by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through, what uncertainties or troubles you're dealing with, and I will go in search of a poem to help you through to help us all through, in the way that poems have been helping me since I was a little girl. Send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com, or just drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more information, go to my website, Words by Winter conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life because it is rough out there and we have to help each other through.